0: Oh, and welcome to the Faith Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bublitz and welcome back to Holy Trinity Sunday for the week of June 12, 2022. And I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to get this week's podcast and I'm excited because the place that I am living at least feels like it's finally become summer. We've kind of started to turn that corner. It's at least started to have some consistently warm days. And I think as we are moving into the beginning of the season after Pentecost... I think that's kind of where we're at. This is the season where we have the banners are typically green through most of the summer. We have this time that it's supposed to be of growth, this time of us being nourished, us being acknowledging and digging deeper to really enrich the faith. And I think this is a thing that we as the church probably need to spend more time really thinking about and acknowledging that this, especially here in the United States, This is seen as vacation time. This is the time where we may not see people as much in church. But I think it's also reiterating that this is a great time for growth, that there is so many other things that are busy. And yes, that our lives get busy during these summer months. But this is also a great opportunity for us to be able to dig deeper into the Word and really pull some things out, not just the familiar stories. And that helps us in our faith. And I think this Sunday is a Sunday that's so challenging in a lot of ways. We have to start talking about the triune God. And when we as people at times really struggle to understand the ability for somebody to be three and one and one and three, I think this is where a lot of different scientific metaphors, and we've talked about some in the past, we'll talk about one this week, Really help us to better be able to at least start to put our mind around it to what our human existence is able to understand and comprehend. And that I think is very helpful. And I think this is a time where we can really lean into that and again use these metaphors and tools to be able to help us better understand who God is. So, before we jump into that, let's look at the question that we had for last week. And the question was, in destruction, do you see hope? And explain your answer. And I got some responses, people talking about the fire metaphor was really helpful for them understanding the Pentecost fire and how, yes, you can have destruction, but yes, it also allows for us to be able to bring growth if we give ourselves the time to be able to see it. Another example that we got from one of our listeners was in road construction, how you have a machine that kind of eats the old asphalt to show the foundation of the road and to be able to be built upon again. That this destruction gives the hope of look at the foundation, the foundation is still good. And it kind of gives you the idea, even like how many people, how especially at least here in the United States, are obsessed with the whole do it yourself or fixer-upper type of house or something along those lines, the restoration process of the bones are still good in this. Let us recycle. Let's rework this. Let's reform this. Let's renew this to be able to move forward and give it new life. And I think in a lot of ways, that's exactly what we're talking about with Pentecost, that this is a new life within us, that it motivates and drives us forward. And in a lot of ways, this week, with it being Holy Trinity Sunday, it plays into that theme. We get to talk more again about the Holy Spirit and what that means. This is Pentecost part two is a great way of really looking at this. We're going to continue to talk about that. And I think it's such an important thing that especially we struggle to talk about so then we don't talk about it in a lot of churches. And I think it's a shame that we are that way. We really should be trying to understand this part because it really does open up a lot of our understanding and it opens up how then we can start seeing God's design in things around us. So let's just jump into it. The first reading this week is out of Proverbs chapter 8 verses 1 to 4 and 22 to 31 this text i think is super super fun and the reason being is one in this case the holy spirit is referred to as wisdom and in that wisdom is telling us, look, I have been here since the beginning of time. I was with God in the creation, in the forming of all these things. I've seen all this. And it's using this as a way to build that credibility that I'm not just this passing thing. I'm something that's been here since the beginning of time. And I was helping to create and form this void this globe this place that we call home i was there in this establishment of this it's like the person who sent. i've been here since the beginning that's exactly what wisdom is laying out here And helping us to understand here in the Proverbs that this wisdom that I'm trying to invoke on you is because I've been here so long to help you better understand and be able to follow in the steps of where God is trying to take us, but also to understand and to be able to delight in the amazingness of what has been created for us and what God has done. His masterful piece of art for us to be able to enjoy has been done for us the psalm this week is psalm 8 psalm 8 as we've talked about before on this podcast this is a text that is very 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 well loved and has been written about By biblical scholars lots and lots of times because there's a lot of different things that we can talk about here but it's the discussion here of how again in awe we are of God how God then has been with us since the beginning and then taking in the astonishment that we have of the whole heavens and everything around us that has been created And that you entrusted us to take care of it. I know in verse 6 it uses the word dominion. But again, in dominion it means more like a gardener having dominion over a garden. That you're taking care of something. That you're still expecting the flourishing. So that we have been entrusted as a person to take ownership and to be able to take care of this place. And this person is just caught up in the amazingness of this place that we have been entrusted to take care of. The second reading this week is from Romans chapter 5, verses 1 to 5. I know for me, this is one of my wife's favorite passages, and I have to agree with her. I think this is a great passage, but I think it also is a passage that in the context, at least here in the United States, of what we've all been going through, I think it's one of those moments where we have to take a step or two back and be able to realize, like we talked about last week, when fire or something happens, you can't initially go in and be able to evaluate what's going on. It, yes, you can see the destruction, but you can't see the hope initially. It takes some time. And so this is talking about how we boast in the glory of God and what God is doing through us. And we realize that we not only boast in our sufferings, but it, because it produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us. This idea of as things are going on, there's moments where we're not going to fully grasp or fully be able to understand What is all going on? And this is where the Holy Spirit walks in because it brings here at the second part of verse 5, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. This idea of, as we are going through this, that yes, this hope, this joy comes through the Holy Spirit entering into us. So this reliance, again, of us on God and saying, we understand that you are at control here. You are the one in control, that you are still working this for what you're wanting done. So then let us be able to see that, to see that hope, to see that love that is coming through difficult situations. The gospel text is out of John chapter 16, verses 12 to 15. This, again, is Jesus now reiterating to his disciples yet again that this time with Jesus being here physically is coming to an end. But in that, there's so much more that he would like to be able to communicate, but that there is someone being sent on his behalf the spirit of truth to guide through whatever is coming. And that in that, that this is something that has been through the father. This is the continuation of what Jesus is doing. And that will end up helping to not only glorify what Jesus has done, but glorify what the father has intended from the beginning. So before we jump into how faith and science come together this week, we have to do a shameless plugs Full. Working Preacher, if you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I highly recommend it between their Sermon Burnways podcast, their commentaries, their discussions. Since I'm not an ordained minister, I use them on a weekly basis to be able to have some biblical scholars be able to give me some commentaries to be able to look at these texts from those eyes, along with having their Working Preacher podcast, having three to four different seminary professors out of Luther Seminary in St. Paul, Minnesota, I find extremely helpful. So if you haven't checked out their huge archive of over 10 plus years of going through the lectionary, I'd highly recommend checking out workingpreacher.org. The second thing I'd highly recommend is checking out the Revised Common Lectionary coming from Vanderbilt's Divinity Library. I find it extremely helpful, not only in how they lay out the text, which I use on a weekly basis, but I also really recommend checking out the art section that they have. It gives you some different ideas of how different people have interpreted these texts throughout time, throughout space, and throughout different places throughout this globe, and how we've grown in our understanding, but also how our understanding has changed, and how that can be monumental for us to be able to help understand these texts. So, if you haven't checked out Vanderbilt's Divinity Library, the revised common lectionary coming from that, I'd highly recommend that also. Trinity Sunday, the Sunday that in a lot of ways is difficult because we have to start talking about things as three-in-one and one-in-three. And we've talked multiple different times about water on this podcast and using water that's so easy for us to be able to understand because the freezing point is within a range that we can see we can understand ice cubes coming from liquid water and liquid water turning into steam in like a shower we can understand that and understand that molecularly the structure doesn't change the space between the molecules maybe does and that's partially along with the temperature, helps to make these different forms. But it is the same thing. We can wrap our head around that. But I want to go deeper this week. I want to go back to the core principles of how everything exists. Everything exists coming from atoms. And if you go back to your beginning chemistry, And I will admit, chemistry, for me, was never my best subject. But we can at least understand some of the basics here, the fundamentals here. And in doing that, I think it helps guide our understanding of how we can understand God. Let's start. First, we have protons. Protons are very, very important. Based on the number of protons in the nucleus, or the center of the atom, determines what element it is. So if you have two, you have helium. If you have six, you have carbon. If you have eight, you have oxygen. If you have 29, it's copper. This stays consistent. These numbers, if you add another proton, it suddenly becomes something else. This is the foundation on what it is and so in doing that the nucleus these protons are held together by the strong nuclear force which is one of the forces that holds all of this together but in that nucleus there isn't just protons there is also Neutrons. Neutrons act as this buffer zone, as we know from life and working like with magnets, That opposites attract. We repel when there's two positive charges together. We like a positive and a negative come together, help to pull that together. So in order for that to happen, you need a buffer zone to make sure that all these positively charged proton ions are being held together. So in doing that, we have neutrons. Now, in most nucleuses, there is different ways that the neutrons can arrange themselves. You can have where their number of neutrons within the nucleus differs a little bit. And so this is where it allows us to get to a relative atomic mass or atomic weight, as we might know, it's been changed to relative atomic mass. These helps us to be able to calculate the a number of, or the percentage, if you want to put it in that way, of the different ways that the neutrons can be arranged within the nucleus. So, for instance, and I'll attach a cross-course video down below, he uses silver and that you can have 107 or 109. And that 107 is more common than 109. So silver then has a relative atomic mass of 107.8682. So showing that there's a little bit more of the 107, which then has 60 neutrons because there's 47 protons within to make silver to make that atom. So there's either 60 neutrons or 62 neutrons. There is more of the 60 neutrons, which then makes it so it's closer to 107, but it's very close to a 50-50 split. As you can see, that it's getting close to 108. So in doing that, that does slightly change the form of this nucleus, and it gives it slightly different properties, very, very similar properties. It's a different isotope. It's a different form of the same thing but it does give it slightly different abilities that certain things that we look for like with carbon dating you're looking for certain types of carbon carbon 14 you're looking for certain types of carbon versus other types of carbon so like the relative atomic mass of carbon is 12 but 0.011. So there's additional types of carbon, which then have a little bit higher weights because they have a few more neutrons in there. And so they can use those and based off the typical percentages, be able to understand some decay. But in doing that, it gives us understanding of how that all works. Additionally, then, the last part of it is the electron. The electron is the negative force, but it weighs a lot less than both protons and neutrons. Also, they can be shared within multiple different molecules, and there is certain things like that there are stable and unstable rings, and we've talked about some of this before, not a ton, but some, where based off of different atomic rings, of how electrons like being paired up in two, and then in eight, and it can it continues to go out. These shells, par se, which are best understand, nucleus we best understand as actual particles, where electrons, partially because of how light their mass is, it's not necessarily good to look at them as a particle, but to look at them as a wave because they're constantly moving around the nucleus. So kind of like a wave that there's strong points and weak points, and they could be anywhere within that wave or movement. So one of the images that I picked up here online is like if you take a old phone cord or a cord and stretch it straight but then you move it back and forth you get the waves where there's high points and low points within that wave that's kind of what like an electron is like that there is points where it is within that stretch pulled string but it, it can be at a high point or a low point as it's circling around this nucleus and in that and there's partially why chemistry is so long there's so many different parts of this there's parts where you're trying to pair up you're trying to make sure that you have half shells or full shells to make sure that that makes the electrons more stable thus making the element more stable or unstable based on the electrons there and based off of the number of electrons you can have either a part positively charged ion or a negatively charged ion and we'll let that kind of be today because it really doesn't help us in this. But it's also understanding, okay, you have your negative charge of your electrons. You have your positive charge of your protons. You have your neutral charge of your neutrons. And in all of that, makes up the atomic weight. And that's what makes the atom. The atom doesn't exist without all of those pieces together. If it's missing pieces, it's not as stable. And it doesn't exist. If it doesn't have electrons... It's a nucleus with nothing there, and it's going to attract electrons. It's going to pull electrons because it needs that. But they all serve a different role. This metaphor is still very loose, so feel free to kind of give me some feedback on this. But when I'm thinking about the atom, the proton to me is like God, that based off the number of protons that are in that nucleus forces us or forces that element to be what it is. If there's more protons, it changes to a different element. If there's one, it's hydrogen. If there's two, it's helium. If there's six, it's carbon. If there's eight, there's oxygen, like we've talked about. The neutron to me is like Jesus, that it's being that buffer zone, that in between, this person who starts to come down and make the bridge for us to be able to connect with God. The one who is being the buffer zone between the protons and the electrons. The one who's helping to lay the foundation on what that element is going to be. And based off of the number of neutrons slightly modifies what exact form of that element is, but that isotope is, but it doesn't change really the whole scope of how it interacts. It's changing the relationship that it has with for us with God, but also changes the relationship on how that atom is going to interact. The electrons with being so small and having shells and moving so much and making these clouds of negative particles moving around, but we can't look at them as a particle physicist could. We have to almost more look at them as a wave because of how they move. To me, it's more like the Holy Spirit. We understand that the Holy Spirit is there, but because it's not this force that we have been able to see, par se, with our own eyes like we did Jesus, or be able to see the cloud when the cloud led the Israelites and God being in the cloud hasn't helped us be able to fully wrap our head around what the Holy Spirit is doing, but we understand that it's important. Holy Spirit is constantly moving around and is being able to potentially connect other molecules or other isotopes together to create a clump of carbon that they're sharing electrons. This molecular force that you're able to then make because of that makes that thing strong. Because of the connections that are being made, it it helps hold things together. It's this important thing to be able to Move around and work within us. These electrons help hold things together. As you can see, this isn't necessarily my strong suit, and I have a hard time kind of fully explaining it. And then again, that's why these resources are down below in the show notes to help with that. But I think it's not that different than when we are trying to explain the Holy Spirit within our own lives. This final part of the triune God that we know that if we just had protons and neutrons, we wouldn't have life the way that we do because we would have things trying to push it themselves away from each other, because all these positively charged ions wouldn't allow for things to come together. The importance of the electron is helping to be able to bring some of these things together. The electron is the one who's sharing uh, at times electrons to be able to bring these different nucleuses together, to be bonded. And that's a whole nother conversation. But this is the foundation of everything that we have. Without atoms, we have nothing in this world. Nothing works because nothing can be held together. And atoms are constantly moving, just like we acknowledge that the Holy Spirit in God is constantly moving. We understand that our faith is a, should be a core element to who we are. It's the foundation on which we build upon. Atoms are the foundation on which the world is built upon. This idea of being able to have three elements working together to hold everything together, I think is relatable here. The wisdom that the Holy Spirit brings helps guide us and be able to move forward in the faith. Just like, to me, the electrons being able to work together, share electrons, bond together, allows us to move forward. The world would be a weird place If it never bonded together, if we didn't have electrons, we'd have a very weird place. The all three of those elements are very all three of those particles or protons, neutrons and electrons are all vital to the life that we have daily. And I think it's that point where we have to understand that then that should be the same within our faith. That God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are on an equal playing field and all are super important. That The Holy Spirit working within us to guide us, to speak to us, to talk with us, to lead us in the ways and where God is trying to steer us, to talk with us and to be able to say, I've been here since the dawn of time. I've seen the work of the Creator. We talk we understand, we have worked together for so long, let me help you. Let me do the work that I'm designed to do. Let me show you the side of this triune God, the one that is the helper, the one that is the guidance, the wisdom, not the teacher. I would say that's more Jesus, not the creator, that's more God, but the one that kind of in ways brings those two together, the one that helps us to be able to understand and interpret, to be able to guide us in this. In our world, in our lives, we need all three, the acknowledgement of the triune God for us to really, I feel, move forward in the faith. So the Twitter question I have for you this week is, where else do you see triune that helps you understand God? I'd be really interested in that. Where else do you see triune to help you understand the triune God? Because we've talked about, like, the fire triangle last week. We've talked about the forms of water before. And now we're getting to the triune of everything that we know on planet Earth, the atom. Protons, neutrons, electrons. Working together to be able to build everything that we have around us. So why wouldn't we then have a triune God to help us understand that the three parts of God, this ability to be able to understand that all three parts have a very important role, but all three parts work together and could not stand on their own. And I think it also helps us to be able to understand that as individuals, we're not meant to stand alone. We're meant to work together. And especially if a major way that we're interacting with God now is through not only our personal prayers to God, but also our communication with the Holy Spirit. That then should guide us to understand if working together, just like the Holy Spirit does, just like electrons do, why would we expect anything different? So we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.